Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off starts. Oh, what a What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall, here with my guy Mike Guillory, Talk Some Kicks. What's going on, man? How you doing? Yo, man, I'm doing good. Um, I'm saying no, no complaints on this side. How you doing today? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Just, uh, you know, preparing for a move, which is never fun, but... <laughs> It'll, it'll be for the best, so I'll go. leave it at that for now. <laughs> but um, So before we get into uh, the episode, which we're going to talk quite a bit about Under Armour today, surprisingly, because we don't usually talk about Under Armour a whole lot. Uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> Let's talk about what are we rocking what are we copping this week, Mike? Yeah, um, I rock my... God, what year was it? 2006. Um, Reebok ice cream board flips in the the gray and like pink colorway. Um, what I want to cough. I mean, we're gonna get to it a little bit more later. But I know a lot of people have seen the news of the Kobe's actually releasing here in a week or two. And uh, yeah, so every that's gonna everyone's list. But I'm still eyeing those Adidas uh, rivalries and those those beige the colorways. So. I'm not a big brown shoe person, but those brown and pink ones are just nostalgic for, you know, those old babes. So they're still sitting around. I mean, if they are in about a week, maybe that's a sign for me to just go ahead and pull the trigger. But, uh, yeah, man, what about you? What you rocking? What you got? Uh, today I rock the, what is it? The, the Adidas Alpha Edge uh, 4D. Again, I just, I just wore that a, a few weeks back too. But nice. uh, I, I actually really like the, the the 3d printed stuff so i'm hoping and uh just to, just to transition right into my cop for this week that ultra boost og colorway with the, the the black and purple with the black uh 3d printed midsole that that is like that might be like the abs like the first must-have shoe for me this year i mean nice. granted i wanted a handful of those questions but um, hopefully, hopefully it's it's like the rest of the Adidas stuff, especially the 4D stuff, because it doesn't tend to sell out mm-hmm. and retail at 220 bucks for that shoe with like 3D printing. Uh, uh, to me, that's a that's a it's a win. Yeah, so. I think the upper is way better than like some of the orders because if it's utilizing the Ultra Boost, that means it's actually going to be you know true to size and it's going to be nice and snug on your foot. Yeah, I think if you haven't tried the 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 3d printed stuff from adidas you know it's uh it's not quite 
ultra boost level comfort. Mm-mm. I like that the I like that the cushioning is a little bit stiffer, but I also am noticing the more I wear them, the better they feel. Fast, um, yeah. But the the one thing that I the one thing that I don't like, and this is where the ultra boost kind of always one ups everything that Adidas Adidas does as of late. The way that the the shape of the shoe doesn't quite fit my foot right, and it because it's a sock, you know, primarily mm-hmm. a sock based upper. Um, you know, the the like TPU overlays kind of occasionally just like almost like feel stiff and yeah. like almost they don't crease or they don't like they they're just not as flexible, so you feel them a little bit, and it it's gotten like way better the more I've worn the shoes, but. It's definitely something that I think, you know, you'll notice it if you're coming from an ultra boost. If not, you might not, you know, and it might just be that my shoe, my foot is, you know, maybe too wide or something. But um, in general, I'm, I'm pretty stoked to, to have them. And shout out to Chris Elliott for, for hooking me up with those a while back. But nice. um, yeah, definitely give him a follow. His, his uh, Instagram is just Elliott. Uh, take some really good sneaker photos, photos in general, but really good sneaker photos. Yeah, man. Makes but, you want to buy the yeah, thing he takes a picture of. Yeah, definitely. I, I have definitely purchased things after seeing his pictures. <laughs> you know, I, that's like the that's like my my love hate with with all of uh, my friends out there that can take incredible photos of sneakers. It's expensive to be your friend. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I could see, you know, this standard stock photo on a footlocker or adidas.com and think, nah, that's all right. I don't need it. And then I see it on my Instagram or Twitter feed and it's this beautiful photo or, you know, like the, the like catchy glitch type, you know, I mean, there's just so many variations, right? Or sometimes even like the reviews, right? Like you and the question review, you just did <laughs> like, I seriously, like I haven't pulled the trigger on them yet, but I'm, and, and that's partially because I'm, trying to move. I'm try- not trying to like have things shipped to the wrong place. I'm not trying <laughs> to spend the money, like all of those things. Right. But man, it's, it's expensive being friends with sneakerheads. Like it just, is, man. Cause we all we do is we're, we're bad influences on each other because I know as soon as I got those, uh, those questions, by the way, shout out to the guys at Reebok for sending those over. But first thing I did was text Nick is like, bro, the leather is so nice on these. Yep. <laughs> it's like crap. Now I'm just being a bad influence. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Eventually I would see that stuff no matter what. And I'd be like, damn it. Yeah. I got to spend the money on this. <laughs> I, I, I really am like trying to cut back and I've done pretty well over the past few months, but I haven't done as well as I should have done, I guess is the best way to put it. But hey, man, baby anyway, stuff. baby stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so good news this week. We got, a pretty amazing review. And since it's kind of directed to Mike, I'm just going to let him read it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I saw this and I laughed and and for a good, like five minutes It's from Jay Wolfer eight. Maybe I should just Wolfer eight. I don't know. Let me know if I got that right or wrong. Uh, Love you guys. Thanks for the multiple episodes this week with Mike's poor sock choice. Uh, this week it begs the question: Where do you guys stand on quality socks or style? As it, as it's my strong opinion that the wrong sock ruins a whole outfit, even if you have pants on. I would love to hear you guys discuss. 
Well, God dang, I didn't realize the uproar I would have from, you know, <laughs> my Nike socks and my Pumas. That's my bad, guys. I Look, I don't own Puma <laughs> socks. I have to go find some. Puma, if you want to send me some socks to stop me from having to go to the store, be much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't expect uh, I wouldn't expect quite the uh, the uproar either. Uh, but you know, uh, this is just me being old, right? Like, I, you know, I, I just turned forty one. I'm damn near retired. You know, like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be rocking like you know house shoes and you know like like dress socks around pretty soon. <laughs> Uh, so you won't even, you won't even recognize me. Cause like, you know, once you, once you hit this age, my, yeah, I mean, might, might as well just check out, right? <laughs> Retire yourself <laughs> from the game. <laughs> no, um, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be wearing sneakers and giants hats all my life. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a point to be like 90 and still rocking my giants hat. So, oh, yeah. um, but the, the interesting thing about the sock conversation and, you know, Robbie's not here to, uh, to, to, to jump on you and, to and you know, <laughs> yeah, belittle you. Um, and if you missed the episode a, a couple of weeks back, uh, Robbie, Robbie basically called out Mike for, for wearing <laughs> Nike socks with his Pumas. Um, and I have an interesting kind of take on the sock thing, right? As a kid, I like had, you know, I had nothing but like one, set of socks to choose from. Right. And I always wanted short socks. So I would fold my socks over. Like I would fold the, the ankles down. I would like tuck the front of the sock <laughs> underneath my foot. Yeah. I would do everything I could to not have tall socks. And, and then once I got older, I was like, Oh, I kind of, I kind of like the tall socks. So like a majority of probably high school and that for me, was tall socks. Shout out to Walt Williams and Carrie Kittles with the one tall sock, even, you know, like guys like that made it like cool for me to have the tall socks. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it wasn't until like I got my first job that I really started like caring about socks for myself because the first, one of the first, like, I guess outfits that I ever bought, was a pair of like royal blue basketball shorts, generic like you know uh, jumbo sports or sports authority, you know like just straight off the ten dollar rack. Heck yeah! Um, but yeah, you're you're just playing ball in them, right? And like, so I bought a pair of shorts. Uh, I bought a Nike T-shirt that was uh, kind of like the Air Go LWP Air Lombaste Air Gone series, but it was like white with royal blue. And mm -hmm. I got the Lombastes in a black with royal blue swoosh and then a little white trim on it. But it was the first time I ever saw black with royal blue swoosh Nike socks. And this is like probably freshman, sophomore year for me, sophomore mm -hmm. year, I think, after I was working uh, umpire in Little League games was my, <laughs> first, was my first job. But um and, and definitely don't do that or don't make your kids do that because that is – parents are nuts. No offense to you parents out there. I, I'll be that way someday. I was like, I believe it, man. They're just yeah. like yelling at you. Like, it's crazy. No, no re re regrets. But ever since then, I, I was like, wow, like this really – I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever 
ever seen was like I had socks that actually matched my shoes, not only brand, but like the color of the swoosh on my socks matched the jewel swoosh on my lambastes. So ever since then, I've been kind of just crazy about socks, although with pants, I will rock some crazy socks. So I've got like my cousins have given me some some really uh, some gems over the years. I've got like avocado socks, nice. I've got taco socks, I've got uh, yeah, the, the list goes on. But I'll I do, I do have to shout out one man. I don't want to keep going on socks, so we could do a whole episode. We could do a whole episode on socks. Yeah. The other thing that that I used to do so after once I started making enough money, like end of high school college to like actually buy I guess more expensive stuff I would only buy polo socks like polo oh, dress socks fancy guy because they they never stick to shoes so you would never mm. get that pilling or that like separating that you get from you know like I mean this is pre like dry fit pre you know all the like various yeah. types of performance socks that are out now everything was just 100% cotton and you'd wear it for like a week and next thing you know like the bottoms and the backs and the ankles where they rubbed on the shoe had all the little pills of like material built up mm -hmm. and it just looked terrible right so yep. um but i also can't fault anybody for wearing mismatched socks or whatever like it's it's not that serious at the end of the day but i definitely am super conscious about it just because I, that one moment when I got those Nike socks and this is literally like 20 something years ago. It was like, yeah, it just, it just, it ruined me forever. <laughs> Dude, I got, I got Spider-Man socks on right now. I'm just like, I'm just going back to no shows. So Y'all just don't know anymore. I mean, and then I don't ever necessarily match no shows, right? Like I wear yeah. no shows most of the time. I'll have like Saucony socks on with like, you know, Adidas or Reebok socks on with Nike, but like, you know, nobody's seeing it. I don't know, man. Um, I, I'm, I am kind of curious, like how people feel about this because, you know, at, at most, most of the people that I know in the sneaker world didn't grow up having a bunch of money to buy sneakers and to buy clothes. So we were just thankful that we got a brand name, anything <laughs> like the, the, the first, I mean, the, those socks that I was just talking about with the blue, blue swoosh on them, that was the first time I ever had brand name socks. Like everything I had prior to that was super generic, bought in like the, you know, the 15 pack at Kmart. And I was just thankful that I got real shoes at some point. Right. Yeah. So uh, to me, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think about it in the way that like it really matters. Cause I know that like, you know, when, when you're a family of five, six, seven, however many, you know, people you got living in your household, and everybody's trying to be fresh and have food on the table. It's tough. Like it's expensive to live nowadays. So I can't fault anybody for not matching. Um, if you can, I think it's always a good idea. Oh, of course. It's not serious. I'm just so. more like, I didn't realize again, I didn't know Puma made tall socks. So, but uh, now that I think about it, maybe that's why Robbie hasn't been on for the past couple episodes. Maybe he's just like, I'm out, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. Do you know what? If you're, uh, I guess you guys aren't hearing this live. Like, if you look at the Lakers game right now, look for Robbie. He's in a virtual audience somewhere. Yeah. Yep. 
no, shout out to to uh yeah, I think it's Jay Wolfer eight for the for the review. Definitely appreciate it, man. It's uh it's awesome to have the reviews. It just is, you know, we love the feedback, we love the interaction and it really helps us to grow the community around the podcast here. So we appreciate you guys if you take the time to to do that. Um definitely know like we really do truly appreciate it. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like I, I think, uh, before we get into the Under Armour conversation that we want to have tonight, um, like Mike said, there's, there's a few interesting releases that have popped up over the past, I don't know, few days, I guess. Um, also I, I just, I just want to point out that like with the new, uh, pop-up tongue on the union fours, there's going to be a lot of people. I'm already seeing a lot of people that didn't necessarily like the shoe before now thinking twice about it flip floppers i I mean i i I don't still hate i didn't really like the shoe that much to begin with i i like it a little bit more with the tongue you know pop like traditionally but i i don't know like it's one of those shoes that i i for sure think will grow on me the more the longer i see it um but i I mean it's not like i have a chance to get them so it doesn't really yeah i mean I'll be 100% fair. It's like, hey, if I had a chance to get them, I I would get them, but I'm going to sell the absolute mess out of them because, I don't know, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't touched the shoe. I don't see the actual materials, but I feel like it wasn't just as, you know, didn't seem as nice as Jordan 1, and I love the Jordan 4. You guys know that. I don't know. I just don't like the, probably the same thing a lot of people are saying. I don't like the mesh toe box on the Jordan 4. I don't don't like what's really going on there. Um, I do think it's funny though. The only way to pop the tongue off is to cut the stitching, so it screws up your resale value. So, good luck with That's, that uh, that thought, yeah. guys. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Oh <laughs> yeah, I think it's hilarious. I'm like, well, good luck because I'm not even gonna have that. That well, I won't call it stress because no one's stressed about shoes, but I'm not gonna have that. You know, have to make that decision. Yeah. Yep. Um, next up on the on the release. Uh, calendar i guess we'll call it um our guy dan mosh customs who we had on the podcast a couple months back is actually releasing his own signature shoe it's called the mosh run centralia um it's kind of dope it's I, I mean i love the color palette it's it's basically like a cross between um i would say like you know like the the big thick sold uh, Nike runners kind of Sakai vibes, but it's, it's also got a lot of, uh, got a lot of that like independent brand vibe, right? I mean, yeah, there's so many brands that are out there doing it, but I think, you know, just knowing the quality of work that he does, the quality of these shoes is going to be pretty awesome. I love that there's a tiny touch of Air Max one on the toe box. I think like, the colors, the pink, the the yellow, the grays, like, I mean, it just, uh, to me, it's just super dope. Um, it releases August 28th on moshcustoms.com. Uh, retails 300 bucks, but I, I think, you know, this is one of those shoes where the quality is going to be far superior to what you expect from most regular sneakers that you're, that you're purchasing, even, even the really nice ones. I think yeah. these are going to be leveled up from that quite a bit. So, yeah, um, pretty, pretty dope. And uh, congrats to Dan for, you know, making that happen for himself. Cause I mean, it's just so much work to do that, you know, knowing, you know, even guys like Nightwing with his, you know, um, his signature shoe that he's been working on and 
you know, the, the collaborations that these guys have been able to do and so many guys that, that put in so much work to get to the point where you actually can make your own shoe and have an audience and, and a fan base that's big enough to pinch, to, to sell it and, and make it work financially and logistically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a really big deal. So shout out to Dan for that. Uh, like I said, Mosh Customs, M-A-C-H-E customs.com on yeah. the 28th. Those are awesome. Uh, yeah, I love that style of shoe. Um, I didn't see it at first, but I had a buddy send it over to me and if I'm able to get one pair of them, I know he's going to be doing a few different colorways and he's been making his rounds to different podcasts. And so from what I saw, Nick was at the Centralia, it's just a colorway. It's just called oh, the Moss okay. Runner. So he's going to, I guess there's a, he, I would have to hear it again, but this is Centralia, Centralia is a town that it makes reference to. And um, so there is a, uh, yeah, there's going to be more colorways that have different names. So I'm really, I hope I can able to get, you know, one of these bad boys at some point. Yeah, that, that's dope. I didn't, I didn't realize there was going to be more colorways. So I'm, I'm stoked on that. I'll definitely, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out when, uh, when the timing is right for me. So. Oh yeah. Um, what else? Uh, oh, you mentioned the the Kobe's. Uh, yeah, that's definitely worth mentioning. I'll let you talk about those. Yeah, you know what? I've been before I get to the Kobe's. Just one quick mention. Did you see this? I just sent you a text message. Did you see this Adidas A to ZX series they're doing? Oh, it's so awesome. Dude, they're about to, and they're, everything is really reasonably priced and super nice materials. I mean, I won't take too long on it because I didn't do a ton of reading on it. just seen some kind of like tidbits, but they have a Juventus uh, colorway coming out. It's all leather ZX6000. There's this uh, Haiti colorway collaboration that is like, I don't know, this is wild. It's like white, pink, lavender, purple. Uh, with like this clear overlay on the, on the toe box. I mean, just keep your eyes out for those because like we've been talking about, just because you're missing on these these Nikes on sneakers, there's some other dope stuff seriously sitting around out there. And uh, this is that was just kind of my um, my PSA for today. There's some dope for stuff. For sure, man. I'm missing. For sure. Yeah. So so a little bit of background on the on the AZX stuff. In 2008, uh, Adidas did like the it was the consortium. Adidas uh, AZX series. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they collaborated with a store that that the name of the store started with the corresponding letter of the alphabet. So, you know, oh. undefeated being you, uh, you know, upper playground was one of them. Uh, I think, no, that was a different one. Sorry. Uh, undefeated being the U and, you know, uh, concepts being the C and I can't remember who else in all the shops, but all around the world. So all of their consortium shops, which are, is, you know, kind of like they're a little bit upper tier. Uh, they get the, the higher quality stuff, the more expensive stuff typically, but they basically did all of the, all the releases. Um, all of those shoes were made incredible quality. Um, if you, if you were, into Adidas back then, which a lot of people were not, and you know, no, no disrespect for that. Like Adidas had fallen off pretty hard prior to that, but I think this was one of the like, like seriously powerful moves that they made while they were struggling that really went under the radar. And sometimes you can pick them up, you know, on eBay or resale or consignment stores for really good prices. And I definitely, you know, really, really 
highly suggest checking that out. In fact, if I if I can, maybe I can get a post up on the site um, and and revisit all those because they really did a good job. And the last of the set was uh, I want to say like a kind of like a one off that was like either it was like I forget what it was exactly, but um, I want to say it was like the Adi uh, Dazzler. Um, well, let's, what was it? Let's see if I can find it real quick. Yeah. Oh no, they're just they got some good stuff coming out. It just I was sort of thinking I was like, man, you know what? My last couple pickups out of the let's say the four of my last say five pickups, only one of them been Nike. I think I've done two Adidas, three Adidas, one New Balance, one Reebok. I mean. My God, guys, I mean, it's an Easter one, but I'm just telling you, you know, and when it comes to quality, I will say the other shoes have been way better quality-wise, and that's what we always talk about sneakerheads that we want. you, you got to go check out what's out there because I've been very happy with, with my purchases, and it's been making me, you know, again, branch out even more than just sitting on there, you know, licking my wounds from my uh, my sneakers losses. Yeah, so, so I, I 100% agree, and, and just to correct myself there, the AZX finished with the ZX8000, which was like the letter ZX, mm-hmm. which represented the designer, Jacques Chasing, and the maker, Marcus Thaler, uh, okay. which it was super dope because that was the first time I ever saw a, a different face on the tongue. They kind of used that, um, that Stan Smith vibe. And, you know, endorsed by or made by on the tongue of the shoe is a bright yellow, almost like the reverse of the ZX8000 Aquas, I think, is what the color, because it was all yellow uppers, like with like silver stripes and and the like aqua blue accents. I mean, just like, yeah, just a beautiful shoe and like super detailed that had the whole story of the, the, you know, the whole AZX line. But it was a long time ago. And you know, people forget about that stuff and people weren't paying attention to sneakers, you know, to that extent back then. Mm -hmm. But I think this time around, it's going to be really cool to see them, you know, revisit these shops. And what I love about the, the typically what happens with the consortium stuff, I, I just feel like they always go a little bit, a little bit extra crazy, a little bit out of the box with the colors. And to me, that's, that's just an awesome thing because, you know, as much as we love like the classic colorways and, you know, the simple color palettes and that, it's nice to have something that really pops and stands out. You can look at it and just think, wow, that was crazy. I can't believe they did that. So definitely I check agree. that out. We'll put a, link, put a link in the description to all the things we're talking about now. But, um, yeah, definitely worth looking a little bit closer at. But anyway, Mike. Uh, what what colorways of the Kobe are coming back? Oh, well, get your guys' pocketbooks ready, your tissues for crying, because I think they're all going to sneakers at this point. But there is the, uh, on August 23rd, the big stage colorway that we were shown the uh, the images of uh, prior to Kobe's passing that we were supposed to release, you know, around that time period. Uh, those are coming back August 23rd, so uh, not this coming Saturday, but... The following Saturday, um, then it looks like that Sunday, you're going to get the Lakers colorway, which we've seen, which is that predominantly le- purple Kobe 5 dressed up 
with the uh, black overlays with the yellow pinstriping on it or just piping, whatever you want to call it. And then last but not least, you have that EYBL that we saw glimpses of on the 29th. So it'd be that following Friday that is going to have that olive green with white overlays and green inserts. So, well, I, I don't care. Just give me one. Don't care. Anything will do. I, I think the big stages are going to be 200, but the others are going to be 180, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, but there's no official. I haven't seen anything on sneakers yet. Um, so, I mean, to this point, I guess we can still call it quote unquote speculation. Um, but it's been said it's been on Nike's release calendar. I just, I just haven't like personally found it myself. So I've seen it everywhere with these dates and I am just, um, fingers crossed. I just want one. I don't want to be greedy. I just want one. I hope Nike puts these, uh, I hope they spent the time to make them to where everyone can get them. And I'm not going to be looking at someone with 35 boxes in front of the garage saying, Oh, look at the cook group got me. I'm going to go push their boxes over and just, I don't know, <laughs> cry. <laughs> Yeah, man, uh, I, I'm i definitely a fan of all three of these colorways. I don't know if I'll be able to grab them or not, but for sure wouldn't mind. Yeah. If, if luck, you know, shows up, hey, I won't complain, and you bet I won't resell them. I'll tell you that yep. much. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to ask before we get into this, like, main topic, if the format of – talking about the news before we get into the main topic if you guys like that if we should dedicate you know we do two shows a week we've talked about possibly doing one show that's news related one show that's more of an in-depth kind of conversation um let us know you know twitter instagram discord wherever you're wherever you want to talk to us let us know what you think about about the formats and and if we should switch it up or if if we just keep it moving the way it is we're trying to always be adapting and, and making this interesting and entertaining for you guys. So would would love the feedback uh, wherever you're welcome, wherever you're willing to give it to us. Yeah. But um, that said, I think we should just uh, I don't know. Are we just we're just going to jump on the Under, Under Armour bandwagon right now or, or is that <laughs> still too uh, too aggressive? I mean, jumping on bandwagon is a bit aggressive, but I will say if Craig puts out a nice enough shoe. I'm usually like I'm, I'm giving it a look. I'm at least trying it on and weighing the options. Yeah. So Mike's referring to the news that broke today, yesterday, very recently. I can't remember exactly when it came out, but um, apparently, apparently Steph Curry is going to get his own line of sneakers uh, with Under Armour, which will be his own label. Um, I mean, I have a lot to say about Under Armour. I don't really feel like they align with Steph Curry's, uh, beliefs in a sense. Um, but I also understand that, you know, you don't always get to, you don't always see eye to eye with people and that doesn't mean you shouldn't necessarily try to figure things out and work together and, and do cool shit. But it's really interesting that he's, uh, you know, as Under Armour tends to struggle through these times, uh, it seems as if they are, you know, kind of desperately trying to keep Steph happy with 
his line of shoes and, and give him as much opportunity as they possibly can, which I can't, I can't knock them for that. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's by far, you know, the most successful thing they've, you know, had going outside of, you know, their original, like true under armor, you know, apparel. Right. Yeah. And I think like the, you know, my biggest thing with under armor, besides from like my, you know, their political beliefs and my political beliefs and all those things. My biggest issue with Under Armour is the UA logo. It does not look good on anything. Yeah, it's definitely not appealing. And I have tons of Under Armour shoes. Uh, Like, as I've said on episodes before, even if I don't like certain things, a lot of times I want to try brands and see what they're doing and check out the technology and all of that with, with as much as I can get my hands on or get my feet in, I guess. But with Under Armour, I've always just been like, man, that, that UA logo just looks slow to me. It looks old to me. And the beauty of this partnership and what could potentially happen is like Steph Curry's logo, even though it's Under Armour, the SC30 is light years ahead of the UA logo. And that to me is way more appealing. And that's why of all the Under Armour stuff, more recently, at least his shoes are by like by far the one and only thing that I'm really interested in and pay attention to and, you know, have have picked up over the past few years. So mm-hmm. I'm really I'm really curious what this is going to look like. I mean, do you have any Under Armour shoes right now, Mike? I don't. Only Under Armour shoes I've ever owned have been. Uh, the Curry ones actually, and you know what? It just I got at one point the reason I bought the Curry ones is because they all started dark matter colorway was just fantastic, and I just had to try them out because that was they were new. Um, but like you said, the, it's just hard to wear the Under Armour logo, and I'm not like ooh, I have to wear Nike. It's not about that. It's just that Under Armour logo when it slapped huge on the side of a shoe is it's tough. I mean, I, in, in a bad way. Like I can't I can't wear that. Uh, it, it just, I don't know. It's something doesn't look right to me. I think you're, like you said, it looks slow. Um, but I noticed they've been minimizing the logo for the last couple models and just predominantly putting the SC 30, which is smart on them. Um, but I'm thinking, uh, I could be just completely out of pocket on this one, but I feel like they know that the people that Steph Curry is appealing to, I mean, going to be more of minority based because, you know, basketball, I'm muting myself. Sorry about that. Um, but you know, basketball shoes typically have a particular demographic. I mean, everyone plays ball, but I mean, they're going to sell probably more minorities. And a lot of those people don't have the same beliefs as Under Armour, like we were just kind of alluding to. So I feel like this is their way of trying to take a last ditch effort to see if they can, still have stuff on their line, but make it to where it's not necessarily, oh, I may not be buying an Under Armour shoe, I'm buying a Curry. You know how you can say, I'm not, I'm not buying a Nike, I'm buying a Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough because, you know, on one hand, I just, I honestly wish that politics weren't so polarizing. I mm-hmm. wish that, you know, people weren't so you know, kind of backed into corners on everything, but I feel yeah. like that's just, you know, everyone right now. Sure. Um, and hopefully that's not the case always. I know, I think, you know, we kind of see it in, in a lot of the, the previous presidents getting together and, and talking and 
you know, like obviously no matter what, it doesn't matter if you're male or female or whatever, like you're never going to see eye to eye a hundred percent on everything, right? Like I'm never right. going to be able to, you know, to condone everything that somebody else does because they're not me and same for them, right? Like mm -hmm. I definitely do stuff that most people, you know, would not. And that's totally okay. But I do think that, that, you know, it's, it's, we're in a really challenging time with this and I hope that it's successful, you know, for Steph Curry's sake. Um, I have to say like one of the, one of the like coolest experiences of my career. Um, and one of the biggest challenges that I ever took on when, when, when Steph Curry signed with Under Armour, um, he, he didn't have a signature shoe, obviously, right away. He had been wearing, you know, hyper dunks and various Nike basketball, you know, kind of like team shoes. But in 2014, I was working 2013, 2014, I was working for Finish Line and running digital content for them. And we were able to for All Star Weekend in New Orleans in 2014, we were able to set up a basketball court in the middle of the mall and um, it was right after Steph got his SC logo. It was the Under Armour anatomic spawn. Uh, he had like a, a PE colorway that he wore, I think. In the, I think he had uh, two two colorways in one for three point contest or the sh or you know the skills contest back then, and one for the game. And he was just so awesome to work with and his team was like super polite and um it was it was just such a crazy amazing event and like it was just super challenging for me because you know we basically tried to live stream this you know over a google hangout um and you know 2014 the you can imagine like there wasn't the, the level of the capabilities weren't as easy as they were now you know we couldn't just like hop on a phone and, and do it and get good enough quality. So, I mean, I was running down the, the mall to Radio Shack to buy cables and all this stuff. And um, we ended up, ended up having uh, Cousteau, Jacques Slade, and Yo Ante um, nice. host, host the event in the mall. Um, we had uh, Nightwing and, uh, man, like, who else we have? I think we had... Brandon Edler was on the live stream. Um, we had uh, Jordan Ramirez, who uh, he was a part of Warriors World back then. So that was really dope because we got to talk, you know, Warriors basketball and how stuff was kind of changing. You know, this is 2014. So they weren't championship teams at that, you know, quite yet. But it was just really, really cool. Um, I'll, I'll put a link in the in the description, but. To me, it was like uh, we, we didn't know what we were doing, you know, like full disclosure, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> but I just was like, look, we got to do this. It's going to work. We'll make it work. And it turned out really good. We had a lot of a lot of, you know, different people hopping on a bunch of people in the chat. We got to give away some shoes. We held a three point contest in in the mall on this court. People came in and watched and and like a little kid came out and just lit up everyone. And I think he ended up actually beating Steph and, and winning like a pair of shoes and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, and it, it was it was super dope. And my, my friend Grant was able to help us with photography and even did some video sh stuff for us. I mean, ever since that experience, regardless of, you know, my kind of 
lack of, you know, love for Under Armour. Um, I've always appreciated like Steph and, you know, his relationship with Under Armour because even the people at Under Armour that work on his team were, were super helpful and just, it was like a really cool thing to be able to do that. And I think that's kind of an interesting or a telling, um, it's, it's telling about who he is and why people actually buy his shoes, right? Mm-hmm. He's not, don't get me wrong, on the court, he's amazing. You know, like the fact that he's, you know, basically pint size and, and plays like, you know, <laughs> you know, a superstar is un, unbelievable, right? And you can't deny that. But I think just to, to, you know, for the fans that are dedicated fans, I can, I can totally understand just being infatuated with this guy because he's such a nice dude to people and he's genuinely just, you know, comes across very caring and very appreciative of the support. And that to me, you know, kind of full circle makes me really curious about what this is going to look like. And, you know, I'd be happy to grab a couple pairs of shoes, assuming, you know, they're not super, super whack. Yeah. No, I'm going to come in the same boat as you. Uh, I feel the same way. And I think there was a quick glimpse of what could potentially be the Curry 8. It was in a uh, Golden State Instagram video, but they took it off because I don't think they were supposed to show the shoe yet. But you know how that goes. It's like, oh, let's get people kind of talking about it. But shouldn't be keeping that same model that's been working for the last couple of pairs, starting with, I guess, the the 5, where they started getting a little low top, more, you know, knit uppers, you know, more aggressive looking as opposed to kind of like you said, the slow looking ones. Um, so man, I, yeah, he puts out a good shoe. I, I'm, I'm down for it. I was still, you know, same deal. I was always, you know, I'm always like to find basketball shoes on sale. So it was more like I was always waiting for them to go cheap. But thing is when Curry's dip in price, they get eaten up quick. Uh, I know finish line put the sevens on sale and I want to get the, um, I think it was the, the International Women's Day, the purple color, saw mm-hmm. it on sale. I went and literally there was nothing left like a size like four, you know, something crazy. And uh, every other color when they put on, they were pretty much down to nothing. So people like his shoes, but clearly they want to buy them at a, at a different price point. So I like to see what happens when they remove that Under Armour logo completely and and just let him sell on his own power, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's. You know, and, and related, it's it's interesting to see the timing of this because we finally got to see Joel Embiid's uh, first signature shoe called the Origin colorway. Um, and I can't remember when that one's supposed to release, but that's obviously been in the works for a couple of years at least. Yeah. You know, they announced that one really, really early, which was kind of interesting because, you know, he was he's like one of the first big men in quite a while to have enough personality and enough, you know, like, I guess like social media clout on top of his skill to, you know, potentially warrant like a signature line. And at that point, I don't think there were too many other big men in the league that, you know, you would have thought, Oh, let's get this guy a signature shoe. Mainly because prior to that too, like a lot of signature shoes for the, for, for, you know, centers and, and, bigger players they just don't sell as well because they're built for someone who's you know seven foot tall and 280 pounds and you're like okay that's not me like yeah exactly so 
Um, I think it's really interesting to see kind of Under Armour coming out of the gates really hard right now as, as the season gets back. And um, it looks like, sorry, I just saw that it, it actually releases on September 18th okay. in North America and then going to release worldwide on October 2nd. So they haven't said how much that's going to be, but the shoe to me looks a lot like a Kyrie 4, Kyrie 3, Kyrie 4 hybrid kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig the colorway. It's black black and you know black and gray and orange so you know it's it's a good looking shoe but again the under armor logo really is like what throws it off i think if you threw any other logo on that shoe that had a little more motion to it a little more uh you know just i don't know just something besides that ua logo but um i don't know what, what do you think do you think someone like joel Embiid will will end up in a position like Steph Curry where he could potentially have his own line of shoes with Under Armour? I don't think so. Purely on the idea of his, how many games he actually plays every year. Um, Steph Curry initially had his ankle issues, but that's when he was with Nike. And that was kind of one of the big things with them. They didn't think he would have the staying power, but hey, he got healthy and uh, became, you know, two-time all-star, you know, three-time champion. I mean, he can't um, – I just don't see it happen with Joel, not because of him as a player, because he's a great player when he's on the court, but I don't see him staying on the court too often because, A, you know, people that big typically, uh, they, they have more injury problems, and we've seen it. Between him and Ben Simmons, you can never get that whole team on a court – uh, for an for an entire season, and it sucks because I think the team could be way better. I think it'd be a lot for uh, for his brand. So, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. And honestly, it, I, and this is I, I hate saying it because there's no knock to Joel Embiid, but I don't see many people a wanting to be like, oh, I want Joel Embiid's shoes. Um, he's not as prolific as like Giannis. I mean, I know Giannis isn't considered a, a big man, but he's what seven feet tall, and I know they tried to give him that kind of guard-friendly shoe as well because it's not a big chunky shoe for, for a big guy. But I just – I don't know. I just don't see him going more than maybe three or four models, maybe five to the tops before he goes back and just to wearing uh, PEs or he moves on to a different brand and just wearing PEs maybe for Nike or Adidas. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see too many too many get pumped out. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. I realize after after I asked you that, it's it's really tough to compare, you know, especially with the like, you know, team success that Curry has had, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even if the Sixers somehow were to run off, be able to run off a few championships in Joel Embiid's career, it's going to be really it, like that in itself is is you know against the odds, right? Yeah, but. Even if he were to do that, I can't personally envision him having a crazy, you know, lengthy signature shoe line with Under Armour, partially because n- nobody other than Curry really has. Um, you know, Brandon Jennings wore a, a lot of different prototypes back in the day and had a, a few of his own. But, you know, in general, like Curry is a couple a couple more into his signature line than anybody else that's ever been with Under Armour and with Embiid I I really think that you know the challenge 
looking at this shoe, it's a good looking shoe, but if it reminds me of any other competing competing brand, uh, it, it's, it's not, it's not right in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, not saying that it has to be super crazy or over the top or, or something, but you know, when it's, when it's very, very close, um, and maybe it's just a colorway, right? Like you can kind of see the overlays on the heel where like, if they color those up a little bit differently, it would definitely change the whole vibe of the upper, but I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'd love to know from, from everybody listening, what you think about this, because I, I wonder if this, if these two kind of announcements or news things are, is this like, you know, is this like Under Armour making a comeback? Because they have been relatively sleepy over the past few years, not, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the Curry line, right? Like there's been, a, there's been quite a few good Curry shoes and colorways, but outside of that, like, you know, people like the hover technology, but I don't think that it caught on enough for people outside of the sneakerhead community to, to care about it. Like I know that Under Armour tries to get into the fitness stuff with the rock and various other, you know, like athletes that are more, uh, you know, more fitness, more workout based as opposed to, you know, a, a basketball player. But I just don't, I don't know if, I don't know if Under Armour is going to be able to, to, you know, get out of this slump. I just, I feel like, I feel like Curry is in it for the long haul, and I feel like that's a beautiful thing for for Under Armour. He's the same way with the Warriors. I can't I can't imagine him playing anywhere else as much as you know he might be able to. He might be able to make more money or play in a bigger market. You know, maybe he goes to New York or L.A. or or something like that. And if the team eventually falls apart and the Warriors don't come back out of the the injuries they've had the last you know eighteen months or whatever it's been. Maybe there's, you know, thoughts of him leaving, but I just don't see him leaving the Warriors. I think he's one of those old school players that realizes that or old school minded players that realizes the value of sticking with a team. Mm-hmm. And he's already been there long enough that why why bother switching it up? Same thing with Under Armour stuff like, yeah, you you could go get a big check from a Nike, Adidas, a New Balance, a Converse, whomever. But at the end of the day, you've got probably way more negotiating power to do anything you want with Under Armour because you're such a big piece of their big picture puzzle. Right. Yeah. Um, And that to me is is something that's really kind of interesting to watch as they try to do this with Embiid. You know, can they fill the next can can Embiid fill that next step? Right. Because, you know, I mean, Steph can probably play. God knows, like Steph could probably play another 10 years easy, mm-hmm. but like, you know, especially, especially shooting threes and, and not getting beat up the way that maybe big guys do. Not that Steph doesn't get beat up a lot, but not I as think much. There's, as like, yeah. There's a lot time. of, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity. And let's say even he, you know, if he adapts his shot and becomes more of a spot up three point shooter and plays as like a, a you know, I don't know, fill that Steve Kerr role that the that Kerr role f- filled on the Bulls, yeah. right? Like that's that that's the longevity factor for somebody that's a that's a shooter. And that means that, you know, basically some somebody's gotta step in and, and be like the face of Under Armour whenever Steph 
you know, decides to retire and not that he's close to that, but that's the things that you have to think about when you start filling these rosters of, of sponsored athletes. And I don't know if Joel Embiid is that, I mean, I hope he is cause he's funny as hell. And I think <laughs> like, they could make some amazing commercials with that guy. Um, and you know, there's a lot of potential, but it's, uh, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm watching with, with great intrigue. Yeah. I mean, the thing is Under Armour actually makes really decent basketball shoes. I don't want to say they're like the best in the world, but they, they, they're decently good performers from the things I see from the guys that are wear testers who, who uh, typically they go out of their way to make sure they get Under Armour shoes to, to test. I don't really see many bad things they have to say about them. So that means, okay, great. They got the product line. They're just not appealing to the, to the audience. Because if you look at who's buying Under Armour stuff, they're not buying basketball shoes. They're buying hunting gear. They're buying, uh, you know, weightlifting gear. It's not the same demographic that they're, looking to get because I mean, they're just not appealing to that brand. I mean, you, and I, I'm trying to think of a word, but for, for lack of better words, they're just, they're not, you know, quote unquote hip. I mean, you look at basketball commercials or basketball sneaker commercials, you look at this stuff, they're like, they appeal with, you know, cool music, cool, cool visuals, you know, the, the players they pick for their, their, you know, their lines are you know typically what people perceive as cool. And not a knock against Steph Curry, but people like Steph Curry, but they can't get those other factors right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because it's like the, the brand, even though it's one of the younger brands, it feels very old school, right? It feels mm-hmm. like not old school, but almost like stuck in their ways, kind of. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting, you know, depending on how you look at it, I'm looking at it and it's like, that's an interesting opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. like switch up that logo, keep the, keep the UA logo for, for your core people, switch it up, make a, make a like crazy, you know, fast version of it that appeals to a younger audience. And, you know, that to me is, is, you know, an opportunity to kind of branch off a performance division or a, you know, whatever you want to call it. Right. Like there's so many variables that you could throw in there, but I mean, it's, it's almost like thinking of like Reebok and Reebok classics, right? These work together because there's, there's really two separate audiences for those products. The people that are buying CrossFit shoes are not typically buying Allen Iverson's. The people that are buying, you know, JJ Watts, you know, trainers are typically not buying club C's or classics. Mm-hmm. So as much as a lot of the brands don't like having the separate brands, I think with Under Armour, because they're so heavy in one, you know, kind of genre, this is like, you know, almost like looking at the long term play is like, can you spin that off into its own thing and make it successful? It doesn't have to be, and maybe that's what they're thinking with Curry's line, right? Like maybe, you know, maybe uh, 10 years from now or 15 years from now, Curry is retired, but players are wearing the Curry, you know, 2025 or, you know, the Curry yeah. 2035s or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, that's totally feasible. They could make it happen if, if, if it works, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how this all progresses for them. 
Uh, even though, you know, yeah. I might not be the biggest fan of the brand. I think you made a great point. They do make some pretty good quality stuff. And in terms of performance, I definitely think they are a very slept on brand, slept on brand. And you can get them, you know, because so many people overlook them, you can usually get the shoes like good shoes for relatively inexpensive compared to some of the other stuff on the market. Yeah. I mean, again, just one of those things. Keep your keep your your mind open to what you get. Um, yeah. And if you like the shoe, don't worry about if you think someone's <laughs> going to say something because it's not Nike or whatever, not Adidas. Freaking try it out, man. I mean, Curry stuff has been he had a couple misses after, you know, after the first one. But I think from five on to what we're at seven now, I think he's uh, or maybe four to seven, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty solid shoes and. I mean, if they, if they are going to devote this much time and energy to them, I hope they just keep getting better. Yeah, most definitely. Yep. Me too, man. Me too. Uh, all right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys for listening. Um, my name is Nick Engvall. You can find us find us at Sneaker History on all the platforms. Um, make sure you're subscribed to Mike's YouTube channel. He got a great review on the Reebok question, James Harden collab. Um made me want the shoes so I'm sorry <laughs> if it does the same for you but no it's, it's it's really good uh and it was it was just dope because you were so excited for it man it's i mean if anything i hope that you know listening to this podcast and and paying attention to us on social media and being a part of our patreon or discord just makes you feel the excitement that we have for these sneakers because that's really what it's all about you know like yeah there's hype and there's disappointment and l's on every other sneakers release or every sneakers release but uh at the end of the day i think like you know we still have the excitement for it and it's, it's great to share with you guys and we appreciate you listening so um, sure. mike let them know how they can find you yeah of course sneaker history you can find me there uh instagram twitter at madwatcher 789 and of course youtube at just mike gillory so find me there guys and yeah just what nick said just have the genuine excitement don't just get stuck on the cycle of what's next what's next i missed this i missed that be excited. I mean, you like sneakers for a reason. Yeah. So don't forget to enjoy it. your kids. Yep. Yeah. Right on. Well, we appreciate everybody listening and rocking with us, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as 5 bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. 
And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.